Hello, my name's Tom Walker. Welcome to That'll Be The Day. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to a visually impaired woman who has never been in what I call the special needs system. But before we hear from Margaret Ord, if you like the music at the start of this podcast, it's a track called That'll Be The Day by the Liverpool band The Vow. And as always, I'll be featuring a track by The Vow at the end of this podcast. To find out which one it is, stay tuned. I think it's fair to say that my guest is no ordinary woman. Despite being blind in her right eye and partially sighted in her left, Margaret Ord managed to get through school, university and teaching without any major adjustments being made for her. I'll let Margaret tell you the rest. I'm in the fish market here in Warrington and standing outside a coffee shop called Rhode Island Coffee. Never heard of this place before, Margaret. No, no, I I think they have a few further north, but I'm not too sure. Well, should we go in and have a coffee? We will, Okay, you lead on. I'm sitting upstairs now in the Rhode Island Coffee Shop. It's a beautiful day and with me is uh, Margaret Ord. Margaret, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's a lovely day, isn't it? It's beautiful. The weather is absolutely gorgeous. The coffee's not bad either. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Could be doing a lot. It's quite a popular place for me, this. Yes, you're well known in here. Oh, yes, they know me. (laughs) Yes. They know you. Now, I mean, what's interesting about you, and we're going to start backwards, if you like, um, is that last September you had a cataract removed. I did, yeah. Which um, restored an awful lot of sight to you. So just tell me what your sight was like before cataract and post cataract. Well, before the cataract, before the op, um, the cataract had definitely, I don't know whether it got thicker, and, and particularly the distance, it was very misty, and I knew that I had to do something about it. Uh, I felt I couldn't leave it any longer. I mean, considering I was like 75 and I've left it all these years, but I just felt that, yes, I had to do something about it. From a functional point of view, what was it stopping you from doing? I don't think it was actually stopping me from doing things because I'm that type of person, but I was finding it more difficult. Okay, um, and I had fallen a few times, and I thought, hang on, and because I live on my own, because um, my husband's died, I thought I better do something about it. And when you were struggling with the the cataract, could you read uh, newspapers or books? Uh, now, what I'd started to do, I've, I've got a Kindle, and I. I was reading from from the Kindle, so I could make the print as big as I wanted. Yes, I understand that as well. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But yeah. just tell me about your life, because you've never had full sight, have you? I've never had full sight. No, not um, you, you know from birth. Um, I have no sight in my right eye, and the left eye was damaged. So I, I've never had full sight. No. What was your experience like at school? Because um, you know you're, you probably predate me a few years, um, so it'd be interesting to know um, what your experience was like, particularly in mainstream school, of course. Well, yeah. Well, mind you, I did go to a, uh, um, I didn't go to a, a normal parish school. I went to a private school. Uh, I think that was mum and dad's decision, maybe to help me. Okay, so I, I went to Bellary Prep School in Liverpool, um, and I spent. Uh, I, was, I couldn't say I was given um, special treatment at all, but <laughs> I always sat on the front row. <laughs> that would have, that, I think that would be about it, really, that they ever did for me. And could you see the chalkboard when you were sitting there? Uh, provided that it was... Yes, I could. Yes, I could, I could see it, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. In this day and age, we often hear uh, people talking about, you know, reasonable adjustments and so on uh, in relation to uh, the Disability Discrimination and Equality Acts. None of those existed in your that day. That did not exist when I went in 1951 to school. And, and really, it didn't exist when it was in, in, in like, the high school. So yeah. you just made your own adjustments, did yes. you? Yes. Yeah. 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 The only time I ever got any sort of, I thought you could say, recognition that of my site was when I did GCSEs uh, and when you did biology you got um, like something that you had to draw or all um, and I, I did get more time but that was the only thing that I ever got you know from a disability. So when you did your O levels or whatever they were then school certificate or whatever it yeah, was yeah. Um, yeah. they made some adjustments for you. That was when, just for the biology. When I was, was at school thing. I can't remember what we got. I think we got a third extra time or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. No, no, Tom, I got, no. I just got a bit more time to do that, and that was it. We also got scribes, so uh, people would oh, come gosh. in from the community oh, I, and I, would I, help, help, you. help you. No, no. Well, when they say help, they would write they, what they you would, asked. You, you, yes, I know, because I did it when I was teaching, yeah. No, oh gosh, no, nothing like that. No. Remember, I left school in 65, so... You know, there was nothing, and it, even when I was at college, there was no, um, nothing special. No, the only thing I I got when even when I was at college, uh, there was a, a PE teacher there because we had to do PE, and um, she saw me reading a board, and I must have been quite near to read it, and she said to me, "You're going to be in my group. You're an infant." Oh, I thought Grace did like PE anyway, so I thought fine. So that was the only thing at college that I I, I got, um, just help with PE. Did you play games like rounders or anything like that, or would that have been too dangerous? Well, I did play, but it was hopeless. <laughs> I couldn't hit a ball for, for for the love of Mike. You know, no, it was hopeless. No, so I didn't play. I mean, I wasn't a sporty person. The only sport I could do and I liked was swimming. And so I was okay doing that. But like rounders, tennis, no. Anything with a ball. You no. took part and had a, made a game effort. Yes, yes. But uh, put it like this, I was never in the team. <laughs> Nobody ever wanted me. <laughs> when they were picking players, were yeah, you the last I, one? I, Margaret last. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, all well, right, we'll have it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, oh, I was very lucky at school because I had great friends, and which I've still got. And they always... I suspect in a way looked after me really. Did your friends know the extent of your visual impairment at um, the time or did they just say oh that's Margaret she can't see quite so well? Yes I would say that because one of my friends now since I've had the cataract done I think she realises more now than obviously when we were at school but they were always good and they would always look after me in a way you know and if there was like you know steps and stuff like that they'd always tell me and if if there was writing on the board that I hadn't got down, um, they'd let me look at their book and copy it from them. So, you know, they, they were very good. Yeah. It's funny that because when I was a student, um, the roles were slightly reversed because I recorded lectures when I did my degree and then I'd type up my notes. So my oh, notes became prized possessions. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, well, they would, wouldn't they? Yes. Because yes. I'd obviously been able to sort of incorporate everything yes. the lecturer yes. had said. And, and which you can't do, can you, when you're, when you're, writing, you know, when you're writing it and listening. Yeah. And, and any yeah. little hints as well I would pick up. So a very occasionally right. a lecturer might say, and this could come up in the exam, which meant it would be. 
Right, yes, yes, yeah. What was it like for you at college when you were studying, uh, sort of doing your higher education? Because you studied to be a teacher, didn't you? Or trained to be a teacher. I did main music too. Uh, So I did, um, I do play the piano. Right. Uh, Well, I I did, you know, so much now but that was my that was my main subject now I found that okay that wasn't it wasn't a problem no so it was that was all right and did the lecturers again make those adjustments that you needed no nothing at all nothing at all no No extra time in exams no nothing a seat at the front maybe again by the Um, blackboard well yeah we, we weren't a particularly big group to be honest with you it was only about 10 of us so no not at all no no I didn't have any um special help you could say and your friends your student friends are um it's funny really tom because really i suspect really i didn't in a way want to kind of tell people really it wasn't that type of world when i was young you know people take i think there's more for disability now than there was when i was young so in a way you didn't want to kind of make yourself different you wanted to be the same as everybody else i was just going to ask you about carrying a white cane were you ever tempted no no not at all no because you as i say you wanted to be the same as everybody else and and i i always felt that if i kind of drew attention to myself i might be told no you can't do it were you concerned as well that maybe you know employment opportunities yes. might be yes so that's why you know, you, you never really, you never said, no. So, you, so that, so that you were the same as everybody else. Things have changed a lot over the last. Well, since I started teaching, probably um, attitudes have changed tremendously. You know, which, as I say, they just they never talked about disability. It was never something which was ever brought up. When you went for your first job interview um, as a teacher, yeah. did you say to them, look, by the way, I no. can't... Qu-. No. No. What did you say to them? Anything at all? Nothing? Nothing. No. No, 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 no. It was never, ever mentioned. And I, they never mentioned it, and I never mentioned it. Because you've never been able to drive, for instance. No, no, no. I mean, people knew that, but I never went into the pros and cons of why I wasn't driving. Yeah. Do you think your visual impairment was in some way visible and or obvious to other people because when I was when I was up until about the age of 26 27 I never used to carry a white cane yes and I always thought that it was obvious to people that I'm visually impaired and it was only when sighted friends said to me well actually you know maybe if you look closely you can see yeah yeah I, I, I the only way I think they probably would have known by this by the thickness of the lenses that I don't think they ever realised I could. I had sight. I didn't have sight in one eye. I don't think that, because you know the the they do the same, don't they? You know they make them. So I've, I think they would have only thought, oh, she's got fit lenses, but that would have been the only only thing that you know. And as you pro- told them. as you progress through your teaching career, presumably then you you made friends with other teachers. Yes. And you did confide or just tell them. No, never said never did. No, never said a word. No, no, never said anything. Because again, Tom, you, you, you were, I spe- as I say, you didn't want to stand out. Because if you did, then they might have said, oh, well, no, you can't do this job. So you, that's why I never said. Children can be quite sharp, can't they? They oh, yes, can sometimes realise. Yes, yeah. I, 
as I say, I think cho some children did because this eye has always been a bit odd. The, the, the right eye and it doesn't look quite right. Uh, so they would say to me, what's wrong? And I used to say, oh, it's not too good. That You know, it's okay. Yeah, I, I didn't go into detail, you know. But other than that, no, I, no, the children were all right, you know. I've yeah. done some work in schools with children, you know, raising awareness of visual impairment and disability. Yes. And they're not shy about asking questions. Yes, yeah, no, no, that's true, oh, that's true. But on the other hand, now, I did have a little boy in my class who did have visual problems, so I was able to help him because I knew, um, like, the problems he had. And and when it came to PE, um, one or two of the teachers were, uh, oh, you know, he can't do this and he can't do that. And I said to them, look, he knows what he can do and he won't do any more that he can cope with. And he did, and he was fine. I just used to let him do what he, what he he felt comfortable doing. It's interesting that he didn't go to a special school because no. most children at that time did. Yes, well, this was 80s, 80s, 90s. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but, but as I say, um, I think they fussed about him a bit too much. And I felt that, you know, because I knew myself, I would only do what I felt comfortable doing, and that's what I thought of this little boy. Health and safety. Yes, well, yes, that's true, yes, yes. What do you think of the, the practice of educating uh, disabled children, children with visual impairments, in uh, mainstream schools as opposed to special schools? I suspect it would depend on their degree of, dis of, of disability, really, wouldn't it? You know, I, I think it would be difficult for, in a mainstream, to teach blind children because you'd have to have special teaching to do that wouldn't you but i think if the visual disability isn't too bad i think that's fine and you can cope with it in a normal school there's a lot yeah. of technology around now as there you know is. yes which obviously you see in my day there wasn't was there you know there was nothing i mean i i met a child in a school in bolton who uses an ipad and takes photographs yes. of the uh, of the chalkboard or whatever it might be and, and then zooms zooms in on them yes yeah well you see <laughs> there was nothing like that in my day no i had a clunky old magnifier and a pair of glasses that looked like something out of planet of the apes right. and i used to hold paper right, right close to my ear. yes yeah, yes yeah yeah i understand that yeah, yeah. i mean from that point of view, I think it, it's much better for, for, for children. But I always feel if, if you stand out as somebody disabled, you can be set aside. Yeah. That, that was how I felt, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How did your teaching career progress? Because uh, I think I'm right in saying you, you retired as a deputy head. I did, yes. Yeah, I did. Um, that progressed fine, to be honest with you. I never had any problem. Um, you know, I, I in, in the days when I was teaching, we used to have scale posts. So you started on like scale post wob, and then um, I, I um, you then had to apply to different schools. So I did, um, I then moved to a scale two post, and I did music and I did special needs. Um, then when I got married, I lost that post because I had to move to Warrington. Um, someone's back on the scale one but then I applied again and I went to a school in uh, Witness where I, I get regained that I got my scale two post back um, and again I did music and special needs um, and then I got the deputy headship 
So, you know... Um, in hindsight, do you wish in any way that you'd been a bit more open about your visual impairment? No, not really. No, I don't, no. Because I think attitudes were different, Tom. I would say in the 60s and 70s, no, I, 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 don't, I don't think... I don't feel that I would have got on as well as I did if I'd have declared um, my disability. You talked about attitudes. How have they changed in your experience over the past 30 or 40 years? I think they're more open and more acceptable, which I don't think they were in my day. You know, it was very much kind of like kept under the carpet in a way, do you know what I mean? But I mean now, I mean the world's changed altogether, hasn't it? Well, since you know, since I was at school, and, and I mean for the good, I, I do think it's changed for the good. But uh, I never felt that I would want to um, openly explain my my position. And I suspect in a way, I never regarded myself as disabled. That's something else you see. I, I never thought I was disabled. <laughs> So, you know, I just got on with it, basically. One area of life in which things haven't changed that much, unfortunately, is the question of employment. I wonder whether you've thought about that, because, you know, 75% of visually impaired people of working age are still out of work. I was just wondering yes. whether that had occurred to you or you were aware of that, and if, if you are, what do you think of that? Well, I think it's very... I don't think I, I'm, I, I was aware of that, no. Um, but I think it's that, you know, they should be given the opportunity. Yeah, um, which I expect in my in my terms, I was, wasn't I? Because obviously I never declared it. You were able to, as I would say, blag it, I suppose. But yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. I've got yeah. to ask you: Have you always been a good blagger? <laughs> Probably I have actually. I'm like, because I, as I said, I, I, I do feel that maybe it was the attitude of my parents. I don't know, but as I say, I never ever felt that I was disabled. I mean, and, and I, I mean, um, I mean, I, I had to disagree with my husband over this because he was said to me, "Well, I was," and I used to say, "No, I'm not." See, before I carried a white cane, of course, there were times when I just didn't want people to know yeah. that I was visually impaired, and you do become good at just blagging, don't you? Oh, you do. Yeah, you just you, you find ways of getting around things, don't you? You know what I mean? And and you just get on with it and. I think that's what I did. I think I had more sight then as well, or certainly better oh, did sight. You? Yeah, yeah, maybe not yeah. much more, yeah. but probably well, yeah, enough. Obviously, my sight was better when I was younger. Um, although I didn't have sight in, in the right eye, but my left eye was better than it, it is. Well, it, it, you know, before the cataract was done. Yeah, yeah. Now you retired. I think I'm right in saying twenty odd years ago. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, and you've been very busy, as we know. We've tried to arrange to meet up <laughs> yeah, a few times, exactly, and it's proved yeah. to be quite different. We've got there in the end, but <laughs> well, I, you are very busy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always kept myself busy. I mean, when I retired, um, I was told that I couldn't do anything in school. Um, so I thought, mm, right, okay. So, I, I, in fact, I, I worked for the RNIB to begin with. Uh, I did, um, you know, telephone canvassing. I did that for five years, but then I started doing tutoring, and um, I've just done loads of tutoring. Yes, which I like. Yeah. That's kept you busy. Kept me busy. And then yeah. along came the cataract, um, yes, which, which we started with. Yes, um, yes. Well, how did you first kind of realise that there might be a developing problem? What were the sort of symptoms or functional difficulties? It was difficulties? more like the kind of fogginess. And I, when I looked in the distance, I couldn't see things. And I, I thought, oh, this is getting worse. 
Um, and obviously it, it was around the time of the pandemic anyway. Um, and I thought, well, really, I'm going to have to do something about it. Vision experts were, were very good. Um, and they did say to me, well, yeah, you know, we do think that possibly you should do something about it. Uh, and, that, and it was them that suggested the um, hospital in Manchester. Were you tempted to leave it? Yes and no. <laughs> I was tempted because uh, I suspect I was frightened that if anything happened, I obviously then would be in your position. Um, so yes, I was tempted to leave it. But then, on the other hand, because I was living on my own, um, I thought, well, what do I do? I don't want to be becoming dependent upon other people. So that was like another another reason to, to get it done. You've talked about using the Kindle for reading and being able to magnify yes. them, zoom in on the yes. text and all that yeah. sort of stuff. How were you with things like walking through town? Because I've walked with you from the train station to here. Yes. And you seemed absolutely fine. You seemed uh, you, you seemed very mobile. But w were things different as the, uh, um, as the cataract? No, I could still get around. I, I could, st I, somewhere say like here where I know that was fine, okay. But I would have found it more difficult uh, going somewhere new that I didn't know. That would have been, that well, that was hard. And like say, going on trains and things like that, because I couldn't see the um, the signs. So I, I did find that hard. Yeah, frustrating as well, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's funny with train stations how badly designed many of them still are, you know. Yes, yeah. The, the thing that annoys me is when you've got signs sort of eight or nine feet up in the air and you kind of think, why are they so high? Yes, yeah. I mean, now it's great because I can see them. Yeah. But that I did find hard, yes, yeah. And I did, one thing I, I've always found hard is steps. Um, Depth perception, they call the, yes, it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I did find, I do find hard. Steps going up are fine for me, uh, but going down. Yes, yes, it, it, it's hard. Because it, if I'm walking along the road, I didn't always see, say, see a curb. I wouldn't have always seen the curb. Yeah. Yeah. The accidents I've had have always involved steps. Yes. Oh, I, I and, understand that. Yeah. And particularly. And also, down. like potholes, because the roads are very bad. The pavements are dreadful. Um, and on pavements, I, I, I could have fallen, yes. Well, it did. <laughs> um, well, one of the things that interested me about your story is that you, you went into hospital, you had the cataract removed, and, and suddenly you could see. Because when I was born, I was totally blind, and I had a, a cataract or removed at the age of three and a half. Right, so I can, yeah. actually being, I can actually remember being able to see for the first time. Oh, right, yeah, so would yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Some people find, you know, sort of some, uh, vaguely mad, but what yeah. was it like for you suddenly realising that suddenly colour. it was all clear again? It was colour, Tom. I Even now, I still find colour amazing. Grass is so, I know that sounds stupid, but it's so green. And like certain things that I thought were one colour, or another. You know, I, I had something which I thought was like a, a purpley colour, and it's orange. So colour still, I still find colour amazing. It, it, it seems to me that having the cataract removed has really kind of opened things up for you again. Yes, uh, it has. Well, yeah. I know you can't drive, no, but no. in terms more generally, in terms of being able to read and see colours yes, and yeah. just generally and, enjoy. And ju just kind of generally get around, because I can, as I say, I can see, I can see notices and I can see people better and, you know, so 
yeah, it, it's just opened everything up for me. And again, yeah. we yeah. talked about reading before, and of course, you can read newspapers yes. and books very, yes. you, a great, yes. very yeah. easily. Yeah, as well. yeah, can, yeah. And, he, and obviously, you can see the television, Betty. You know, because you see things on there that I would have missed before. You know, so that. Well, I have yeah. a chair right next to my telly, so that I can put my nose on the screen. Oh, yeah. So if there are other people in the flat, that they get, you know, they get a bit frustrated. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I used to do that. I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, it was a little telly, you know, Lee's little cosser, and I used to have a chair right by the telly, and I would. Don't know anybody else saw, but I did. <laughs> well, I think a lot of children did because when I was growing up, me and my sister, and she's got superb eyesight actually, and we both used to sit quite near the telly, and my dad would be saying, "Move your heads." Oh right, yeah, so they could see, so they could see, yeah. Yeah, you're not yeah. invisible, you know. Yeah, 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 all this sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, as you reflect on on your life and, and, and the removal of the cataract and then obviously quite severe visual impairment during the problems with the cataract. Um, what advice would you give to people about coping with with the, the challenges that you, you've had to contend with? Oh, gosh. I suppose in a way you've got to believe in yourself, haven't you? And that what, what you're capable of doing. Um, and there's no point in feeling sorry for yourself because that's never going to get you anywhere, is it? You know, you, you've got to take it on the shoulder respect and say, well, I've just got to get on with it. This is life. And you only get one chance of your life, don't you? So, you know, you just got to make the most of, of what you've got. Wise words, I would say, there from Margaret. And thanks to Margaret for her time and many insights. I found that really interesting. Okay, to the music. This actually is going to be The Vow's next single. It's called Nothing In This World. You've got to help me tonight. I'm a stranger. I can't go talking my mind in this place. And I have nowhere to go.
you've got to do is look at the front cover, open the first page, and you know you don't stand a chance.